you're not in the great outdoors, we're thinking about it. Kender Outdoors. Come on into the camp house and make yourself at home. Hey, camp house time again here at Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. Welcome. It's good to have you here. Hey, I don't know about your place, but it's, hey, it's finally feeling like fall around here. And it's opening day of the general rifle season, deer season, here in North Texas. It's a great day. Front Door to the Camp House is brought to you by Calming Care from the trusted name Purina. It settles the overactive dog, that nervous Nelly. Learn more when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Click on that little box of Calming Care. Hey, it's the perfect time of year in a lot of places right now to rattle up a big buck. If you've never tried it, you owe it a shot. Before Ray Sasser passed away, he shared with us his technique and his tips for rattling in deer. Pre-rut, rut, and even getting into the post-rut, rattling can work. It's another tool in your arsenal, and Ray is going to talk to us about it on the show today. Mr. Whitetail, Larry Wysoon, is one of our pros here at Kinder Outdoors. He's in camp with us today, too. And as we travel the highways and the byways on our hunting and fishing adventures across North America, we come across some pretty cool stuff. I remember the day I met Tad Puckett beside a two-lane road in Nebraska. Turns out this fella I met out on the highway owned a ranch, the White Elk Ranch, that specialized in raising sheep. No, not domestic sheep. The sheep that you'd have to climb 14, 16,000 feet in Tajikistan to find. Marco Polo sheep. Exotic sheep from Russia and around the world. There's Felix's Fish Camp down in Mobile, Alabama. Another one of my favorite must-stops when I'm going down the road. The Mint Bar in Lewistown, Montana. Great steaks. And if you get there early enough before they're sold out, you can have that beer-battered walleye for supper. If you're traveling 287 between, say, Dallas-Fort Worth and Amarillo, out on a lonesome stretch of highway, you'll come across the Herdware Store, Cecil Miskin. It is absolutely worth your time to carve out an hour of your day and make a stop at the Herdware Store. That's not going to be enough time because you need to see the pretties and the essentials that Cecil carries at the Herdware Store. Good night, Texas. You also need to hear the history of that part of the country. And Charles Goodnight, Cecil's happy to share. And he's going to do just that on the show today. I'm glad you're here. Pour yourself a hot cup of coffee and settle in. You're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, listen, you got to get yourself over to the bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com. That's where you're going to see Cole Guerrero and what would have been the Junior Angler Lake record at Richland Chambers Lake, Texas. That channel cat weighed 12.7. They didn't have an official scale handy, but they did have a camera. Congratulations, Cole. You're up on the bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com. While you're there checking out the bragging board, take a look at what 300 pounds, about 300 pounds of largemouth bass (laughs) looks like. 22 anglers. All holding their 13-pound or larger largemouth bass. They're sharelunkers from one of the best years ever in the Texas sharelunker program. 
all of these replicas represent those 13-pound and larger largemouth bass that these guys caught during the current Texas Sherlunker season. It's quite a picture. My friends at Freedom Hunters have been after it again. Anthony Pace, Jim Shockey. They took Chelsea, one of our veterans, to Newfoundland, where she shot her first bull moose. She's happy about it. She's on the bragging board. And so is Shannon. I want you to look at the 6 by 6 334 inches of big bull elk that she shot, courtesy of Freedom Hunters. Freedom Hunters serving those who have served us so valiantly. Mike Thomason lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico. John Thomason lives in Bend, Oregon. They were fishing together on New Mexico's San Juan River, and they both caught a 20-inch rainbow. It's a beautiful picture. Look at those beautiful trout on the bragging board at kinderoutdoors.com. The state of Texas has awarded those big-time hunts for 2021. Nearly 146,000 entries, 14 lucky winners. And by the way, more than $1.3 million raised from these hunts that will support wildlife research, habitat management, and public hunting across the state of Texas. This year's winner of the Texas Grand Slam Hunting Package is Kyle Kerstetter of Scottsville, Virginia. Four separate guided hunts for the state's top four premium big game species. Kyle is going to hunt desert bighorn sheep, white-tailed deer, pronghorn, and mule deer. Hey, congratulations, Kyle, and all of our big-time Texas hunt winners for 2021. And by the way, while we're in Texas, I want to invite you out to the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center in Athens on Veterans Day. That's this coming Thursday, November 11th. They're going to be celebrating Veterans Day. Lots of veteran organizations will be there, including Freedom Hunters. I plan to be there. And so will a couple of Kinder Outdoor pros, Kelly Jordan and Hall of Fame bass angler Gary Klein. It's going to be a great day, and I hope we see you there. Calming care. For the dog that tears up the carpet and the furniture during a thunderstorm, just freaks out, can't handle it. Calming care from the trusted name Purina. Hey, everybody, it's Sean Mann. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Take it, Billy. Roy Holdridge and True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas are award-winning artists many times over and for several reasons. God-given talent is the starting point, followed by a work ethic that won't allow second best. Roy is also a lifelong and well-traveled hunter. He spent countless hours in the field glassing and studying wildlife around the globe. When you trust your rare and timeless memory to True Life Taxidermy Granbury, be assured that you're working with the very best in the business. My home is a testament to Roy's work at True Life Taxidermy. The pheasants, the whitetails, the axis, the fish, all perfectly preserved. True Life Granberry is the only stop you need to make after the hunt, offering not only world-class taxidermy, but wild game processing too. Headed for Africa, New Zealand, Colorado, Montana, or any place else? No problem. True Life is well-versed in import and transport state to state or around the globe. You can trust True Life Taxidermy. TrueLifeTaxidermy.org. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we're on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. 
We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Megara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, speed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. After spending a few days at Joshua Creek Ranch, I describe it as a sportsman's nirvana. We love creating a unique experience for each of our guests. You know, the interests can vary here from wing shooting to deer hunting to fly fishing to river kayaking. So we have a great variety of guests, and um, we like for them to enjoy everything we have to offer. As I enjoyed the birth of a new day over the rolling hill country ranch that is Joshua Creek, I was amazed at the wildlife, quail, pheasants, native white-tailed deer, trophy class axis deer. We've worked hard on the habitat, planted improved grasses, really with the help of some wildlife biologists studied what would make the best habitat to keep our game here. Mm -hmm. We can hunt easily six, seven, eight groups. And we don't try to do it on 40 acres. I mean, these people get to walk. They get to see some country. Joe and Ann Kirchival invite you to enjoy this free-range ranch just northwest of San Antonio. Visit joshuacreek.com. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild, driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. fish came from our waters, the meat from our fields, the heritage and history from our hearts. Glad you're in camp with us at Kinder Outdoors. Hey, this is Kinder Outdoors. I'm Billy Kinder. You can take the earbuds to the deer blind with you these days and check out the show anytime. That podcast is at Kinder, K-I-N-D-E-R, KinderOutdoors.com. I want to thank my friends at Forta Flora for not only bringing us this corner of the camp house, but for providing an incredible product. Forta Flora settles your dog's digestive system. Uh, anytime GI upset occurs, and it does for one reason or another in all of our dogs, Forta Flora works. It settles that dog's system. I've proven it time and again. It also works really, really well as a preventative measure before that long road trip or 
a change in routine, or a hard hunt. Forta Flora. Order it from Chewy.com. Pick it up at your vet's office. It's everywhere. Forta Flora. It's opening day of deer season. I have a tradition. This guy and I speak to each other every opening day <laughs> and throughout the deer season. Welcome back, uh, Larry Wysoon. It's always a pleasure, Larry. Well, thank you, sir. Always such a pleasure to spend time with you. You know, uh, we don't see you on television as much anymore. You've kind of slowed down a little bit, so you say, but... <laughs> What does slow down mean to you, Larry? Because you don't so long. You've got me laughing because we moved about three years ago to a little town called Branham, right close to Bluebell Ice Cream, as I've reminded you a time or two, so that I could slow down. And, and essentially, I thought I was going to, and as it's worked out, I think I've speeded up considerably more. You know, you, you mentioned I, I used to do the Trail and the Hunters Moon TV show, and I gave that to Blake Barnett, who so long worked with me on that show. And now, as far as TV shows, I, I do some work with the Safari Classics with their Triticon's World of Sports Appeal. Do about oh five or six shows for them. And then uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, Luke Clayton, who I also do a week, little weekly radio show, a regional radio show with Luke and Jeff Rice, and I do a weekly digital TV show called. A Sportsman's Life that can be listened or watched on uh, our YouTube channel, but also on on Roku and, and some others through Pride Outdoor Network. And, and I'm going to continue on for a little bit because also, as, you, as you're quite aware, you've been a guest, thankfully, on my DSC's Campfires podcast. And uh, do that. And then, uh, my gosh, we do uh, uh, every other week, Luke and I do a deal for the, the, the hunting wire, which is kind of part of the outdoor wire. And, and so do that. And then I'm still writing an unbelievable amount of blogs. I do about oh, somewhere between 10 and 20 blogs a month as well right now. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that look like I was going to slow down. And then all of a sudden I think life has speeded up in a lot of different ways. <laughs> think, think about your career when, when you started, there were things like magazines, newspapers, <laughs> and now we're using a whole different language, blogs, podcasts. <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea. I, I, was, I was giving a talk the other day, and I kept telling people, you know, when I got started, I used a big chief tablet, you know, and, and you could see these, these people's eyes kind of go, wonder what, what is he talking about? And I realized that none in the room knew that a big chief tablet was this red tablet of paper with lined, you know, and so that was our original tablet, I guess, years ago. But, you know, yeah, with, it, with, with a picture of a, a big red chief on the cover, right? I had plenty. You know whereof I speak, sir. <laughs> and a number two pencil. You had to have number two pencils back in the day. <laughs> yes, you did absolutely, and that's exactly what you know. What I made my keystrokes with, I guess, is that number two pistol uh, pencil. Oh, I got to tell you about hunting here, but uh, you know, you're right. Things have changed so much, and, and over the years, you like I, we've had to evolve. I mean, you know, you had to you had to evolve, and you had to be somewhat of a, of a chameleon to where you could change with the times, otherwise you'd be left behind, and. Uh, these days, compared, you know, it's hard to find a, you know, hardcover magazine. I, I do a, a little bit of writing for Sporting Classics, which I think is an absolutely fantastic hardcover magazine. But uh, beyond that, and then DSC's the Game Trails. But 
you know, the, the magazines have kind of gone by the wayside as a whole, and they got replaced a little bit by TV, and then TV started getting replaced by the the things that we do with the, on, on digital, such as YouTube and all those kind of things. And, uh, you know, blogs are there to, to where now blogs are simply just kind of stories written for the Internet. And, and uh, the podcast, you know, it's one of those things that's beautiful in the fact that you can listen to it whenever you want to. And, and of course, you've seen radio total, you know, totally change over the years as well, too. Yeah, with satellite broadcast now and podcasting is a big part of what we do, you know, but oh, yes. a lot of people – like you said, a lot of people uh, listen from the deer blind. We hear from them. They listen out on the boat. Uh, they listen on Wednesday as opposed to Saturday when the show first comes out. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, lots of changes. Something else that's changed, uh, you and I didn't do a lot of wild pig, feral hog hunting when we were kids, and that's something that, boy, we can go out and really enjoy now. Uh, the numbers are huge. They do a lot of damage, but but, but it's a fun hunt and good for the table. You know what, Billy? It, it really is. Uh, I grew up, we were in the chicken business, hog business, cattle business. Occasionally we'd have a hog get out and we'd have to go chase that sucker down. You know, I'd read about the uh, the wild hog hunting in Tennessee and, and long to be able to do that. And today here in Texas is across much of the, the nation because to me there's there's country that has hogs and there's country that's going to have hogs. And so... <laughs> To me, it's one of those things that, yes, they're they're cursed, but in a way they are a blessing because for the most part, like in Texas and Oklahoma and probably some other states, you don't even need a hunting license to go hunting them, to hunt them. And once you get them down, they're absolutely fantastic table fare. You know, I was hunting down on the Rio Benito Ranch uh, one time. Yes, I'm sure sir. you've probably been down there south of I-10 uh, yes, sir. in Texas. Uh, and there were four of us, uh, four hunters in camp, three father-son groups, and myself. I, it was uh, springtime, and, and I was there to hunt turkeys. And we all gathered together at dinner. And uh, so I started asking, what, what are you guys here to hunt? Because this ranch had great axis deer and black buck and uh, nil guy and just all kinds of exotics. And uh, one, one father-son was from Pennsylvania, one from California, and one from Idaho. They were all there to hunt feral hogs, and I thought, man, we shoot those out of the pickup window on the way to the deer stand. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's a big, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. You know, they, years ago, Jay Wayne Pierce from over in Alabama, very dear friend and, and writer friend, and sure. uh, Wayne and I started calling the poor man's grizzly, and we wrote a lot of different magazine articles over the years where we related to that fact that they are, a, you know, particularly an older sow or a, or one of those older boars, they are potentially dangerous, and uh, I've had them charge me unprovoked. I've had them charging me a few times where they were a little bit provoked. And, uh, you know, they can be potentially dangerous as well, too. So you've always not only have that hunting aspect of it, but you got that aspect, too, of, you know, hunting a potentially dangerous animal as well. And let me tell you something about those hogs. About 120 pounds down make great tamales. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> They're good to eat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love them. All there, right. there some of the others. <laughs> Not so sure. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Larry, it's always a pleasure to visit with you. I love to catch up. I like it better in person, but uh, because of technology, we can get together anytime, and I'm grateful for that. I am too. Billy, thank you so very much. I look forward to catching up with you as we get into the white-tail deer season. Yes. As a matter of fact, I'll talk to you tonight because I want to catch up on your opening day and tell you all about mine. 
Mr. Whitetail, Larry Wysoon. Learn more about Larry or any of our pros here at Kinder Outdoors when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com and just click on the pro page. Well, hey, listen, this is the perfect time of year to rattle. We're kind of pre-rut in a lot of areas right now. Some places that rut is going full steam ahead. I've been seeing dead bucks on the road across North Texas for about two weeks now. That means they're out chasing more than likely. It's a great time to rattle. If you've never rattled up a big buck, today's the day. You're going to learn from a master rattler, Ray Sasser, when we come back from the coffee pot. Hey, everybody, this is Casey Ashley. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm sure thinking about it with Big Billy Kinder Outdoors. Kinder, how'd you get in my boat? I'm Corey Mason, CEO of Dallas Safari Club, inviting you back to the greatest wildlife gathering on earth. The DSC Convention and Expo will be January 6th through the 9th at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas. Vendors from the world over with opportunities, guns, jewelry, art, gear, clothing, and so much more. Live and silent auctions with online bidding. Bid directly from the show floor or from the deer blind. All the information is at biggame.org for the 40th DSC Convention and Sporting Expo. These are unsettling and even scary times for many people. But for others, there's peace, even as an angry world cries out. The source of that peace is Jesus Christ. I'm John Watson, pastor at Cornerstone Bible Church in Roanoke, Texas. At Cornerstone, we teach the Bible with no man-made religion added in. Join us online Sunday mornings at 1015 Central at csbiblechurch.org. It's just God's Word, csbiblechurch.org. At Classic Chevrolet Grapevine, we know all about the early morning memories made in the cab of the truck. Because it's fun to um, be able to uh, do something with my dad and my older brother. So what time did you have to get up this morning to uh, to get all the way down here dressed and fed and ready to go? 4.30. 4.30. Don't you normally get up about 4.30, though? Mm-hmm. No. no way. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's fun, though, when you're coming out to the dove field to get up that early. It's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yes. There you very go. Very. Did you see your daddy shooting at that dove right then? Yes. Do you see that dove still flying? Uh, probably. <laughs> At Classic Chevrolet in Grapevine, Texas, we know that the cab of the truck is a special place. It's where family heritage is carried down the trail. Important things happen here. Trusted conversations, understanding smiles, life's victories and laughter, sometimes tears. We're honored to ride along with your family. ClassicChevrolet.com. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com
Santa Claus is coming to town, but when he's back home, he likes to crappie fish. I'm Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall, and I've got great gift ideas for the crappie angler on your list this year. Let's start with a new rod like my speed shooter rods under 50 bucks. Pair that up with a Wally Marshall speed shooter reel, and you're going to make someone dang happy on Christmas morning. For the crappie angler that already has everything under the sun, I guarantee it they will welcome the new Wally Marshall Pro Target rods in their boat. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's all Santa Claus uses. <laughs> I partnered with Luz, one of the finest rod bakers in history, to produce the Wally Marshall Classic Series, the most sensitive and hard-working crappie rods ever. Fill that stocking with Mr. Crappie by Strike King Baits, surefire fish catchers for 30 years, all of my proven colors along with five new ones. Lose.com, StrikeKing.com, and MrCroppy.com. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> Dove hunting in Argentina is well documented, but as my friends at JJ Caseria, Cordoba Doves will tell you, the duck hunting is unmatched anywhere in the world. Lane Balky is the U.S. representative for JJ Caseria. The duck lodge uh, is in Corrientes. We shoot 30 ducks in the morning and 10 per days in the afternoon. We have 11 different species of ducks. We have a duck season from the 15th of April to the 31st of August. You are assured before you ever leave American soil that you're going to feel welcome and at home. Home when you hunt with your new friends at J.J. Castelleria. Our lodge is beautiful. It's four years old. It has ten double bedrooms, all with private baths, all heated and air-conditioned. Uh, it's very comfortable. We don't put on air, so you'll feel as relaxed in the lodge as you do in your living room. Hunt world-class doves and ducks in Argentina. Plan next year now by visiting CordobaDoves.com. My name is Jose Grasso, the owner of J.J. Castelleria. Can you see me? in Argentina. In Genesis chapter 9, God himself told man that if it flies, moves on the earth, or swims in the water, it is meat for us. What a gracious God we have. We celebrate that in this old camp house. Kinder Outdoors. I was at a sporting clays event the other day for Team Connor, and I would highly recommend that shoot for you next year. It is so much fun at the Dallas Gun Club. And John Hansen, past president of CCA Dallas, came up to me, and he said, Billy, I just got to tell you, I love those Ray Sasser pieces that you play on the show. We lost Ray a few years ago, but we still have his magical storytelling. Here in the Kinder Outdoors Camp House. Ray, I've asked you to break out the rattling horns this morning because there are, there are so many myths and legends about rattling. Oh, that doesn't work, or I've tried it and it didn't work. There's a, there's a way to go about rattling deer, and it sure works in Texas, doesn't it? Well, it works some places, you know, yeah. and, 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 and the truth is it doesn't work everywhere. And, and it doesn't work where you've got way too many does and not nearly enough bucks because what's you know the, there's more more does than they can get to anyway why would they fight over them well that's like spring turkey hunting you're not going to get that hung up tom that's already got his hands over there to to turn loose and come to your call and same thing with this no i said no you're right you're right and uh uh bill i think the i think probably the american indians probably were the were the first people to uh actually make a, a deer fight sound and get a deer to come to them. But the guy who popularized it was Bob Ramsey. And Bob Ramsey used to be, a, for a while, he was a Parks and Wildlife uh, biologist. 
and then he then he married into a ranching family, I think, and and uh, become became a rancher. And when the when the uh, when the Wild Ranch uh, started seriously commercially hunting in the 50s, they brought a bunch of writers in from all the different magazines to show them what the country looked like, and they needed somebody to entertain them, and there was nobody better than Bob Ramsey, because he told Bob always told a great story anyway, and. So he he brought they brought all these guys in and Bob took them out and rattled up all these deer for them. They went back and wrote all the stories about them and that's where deer rattling all over the country became popular and then everybody tried it and couldn't do it because they didn't have the right ratio or they weren't trying it at the right time right. and they didn't. Um, uh, everybody kind of gets off of it before it really works for them. Huh. Well, let's talk about your technique and how you go about it a little bit. Does does this a only work during the rut? Well, it's, it, it, it actually works better just pre-rut, it just just before the rut, and maybe at the, at the tail end of the rut, when uh, when the bucks are still looking, but there aren't any does, because okay. uh, they'll come they'll come to a fight that time of the year. Uh, my technique is kind of like Bob Ramsey. I talked to Bob about this one time. And he said he said he said you got to get a sneer on your face. And uh, make your left hand try to overpower your right hand, and 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 I kind of I've always taken him at that. And a lot of people, you know, they're trying to be subtle about it and start real slow. And the whole, my my idea is let's make a bunch of noise. Right. You know, if if I can hear, it's, it's like it's the same theory I have about fishing. Let's throw it out there a bunch of times and cover a lot of ground, and maybe we'll find an aggressive one. Right. You know, right. it's that way about rattling. Now I've got these particular rattling horns, which are the best I've ever had. From a guy who had a bunch of shed horns, he yeah. had a big pile of shed horns. I just went through; these aren't from the same deer. You can tell yeah, they're right. both right antlered horns. Yeah. And by using two right antlered horns, I can keep from hurting myself too right. bad when I'm clashing them together. Right. And then I went through the shed pile and I found I found this one that was broken up here, where I can, where I can make a kind of interesting noise with it. Right. right. And so you just uh, uh, the best thing to do is, of course, set up. Where you can see downwind, because most of the time, if a deer comes to a fight, he's gonna he's gonna try to circle and get the wind on you. Yeah. He can usually tell who's fighting, you know. And if it's somebody he doesn't want to deal with, he just goes on, right, right. you know. So you so you just get where you can see pretty good. It makes sounds like fighting deer, and you can't, you know, you can't make too much noise. You can't when when two hundred and fifty pound wild deer try to kill each other, it's a brutal thing. Yeah, you know they're not tiptoeing around trying to be quiet about it. There's it's 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 a fearsome thing to see. Yeah. Uh, it really is, and and a lot of times I in a lot of times I'll even mouth call. In fact, every time I've gotten to where I mouth call all the time, and I just make a bleh, bleh, yeah. a distress kind of call, mix it with a. Bleh, bleh. That's somebody getting hurt. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Let me ask you one more question about your rattling, Ray. You rattle and sit. How long before you move? Because I know you like to rattle and move. I don't. You know, I don't. I don't know. It just depends on. It depends on the day and the time and the place and and where I'm sitting. Uh, uh, I don't. I'm not that patient about it. Yeah. You know, if, if they're going to come, they're going to come. Now the biggest deer. You know, the biggest deer I've ever rattled up was in South Texas, and it was. Actually, I was rattling with Emily. We were trying to kill a management buck, and we, you know, Lord, if we'd have had a trophy buck permit on this place, we'd have killed a big one. Because uh, 
I was I was through with the rattling sequence, and we were I was just packing up to move, and I looked over, and this guy just kind of walked out of the brush and stared at us for about 30 seconds before we figured out we weren't really a deer fight. Friend of the outdoorsman, my old friend, and friend of all outdoorsmen, Ray Sasser. This corner of the camphouse brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. World-class wing shooting, endorsed by both Beretta and Orvis, five-star everything. Check it out, joshuacreekranch.com. Hey, one of my favorite roadside stops, like I was saying earlier, is a visit with Cecil Miskin at the Herdware Store on Highway 287. you got to pull into the parking lot at the Herdware Store. Cecil Miskin, what a pleasure to sit and visit with you. Likewise, Mr. Kinder. I tell you what, for uh, for me to have the pleasure of visiting with you at your herdware store, that means I'm in Goodnight, Texas, which is a wonderful place. I love this part of the country. Well, actually, Billy, to, to be to be truthful with you, you're in suburban Goodnight. Okay. The, the town of Goodnight was actually just north of the railroad tracks. So although we're right across from where the Goodnight Ranch House still stands and where it's been renovated, Theoretically, we are in the suburbs of Goodnight. <laughs> and when you say Goodnight, you're referring to Charles Goodnight. That is correct. For folks that have no clue who we're talking about, give us a brief biography. Charles Goodnight is often referred to as the father of the Texas Panhandle. He was an early cattleman. Uh, he did trail drives from the Mexican border on up to Abilene, Kansas, Denver, driving, driving longhorns and driving range cattle. He would uh, later go on to move cattle from to and from Fort Worth and the stockyards there. But he fell in love with this part of the country because of the Paladero Canyon, which is just half a mile behind us here where we are. One, of, one other of Goodnight's older age passions became bison. Uh, as the story is told, uh, he and his hands would kill Mama Buffalo as they were through because they were eating the grass he wanted for his cattle, so they'd shoot the cows. They'd leave the calves to starve. Well, the, the canyon, the, the Paladero Canyon behind us, is a huge echo chamber. And so at night, his wife, Marianne Goodnight, or Molly as she was called, would hear these calves bawling for their dead mothers. And she finally said, Charles, stop that. Go bring the calves up here. Let me raise them up. And there's uh, Beryl Goodnight, who's a distant relative but a phenomenal artist out in Mancos, Colorado. Uh, Beryl has done several sculptures, one of which is Mrs. Goodnight, Bottle Feeding the Calves. Mm -hmm. uh, phenomenal stuff. So anyway, he got involved with bison, and the Goodnights are credited with saving what are known as the southern herd, the animals that were south of the Transcontinental Railway. The Goodnights are credited with saving the last of the southern herd bison, and the remnants of those bison are now property of the state of Texas down in Paladero Canyon State Park, about 70 miles from here. How about that? A lot of history. Absolutely. Uh, and, and when you stop to visit with, uh, with Cecil, you can uh, tap into that, that history so much more uh, than we're going to have time to, to visit about today. Uh, tell folks exactly where you are. Good night, Texas is where? We are, well, we are right on U.S. Highway 287, which has been described as the largest human game trail in the United States. <laughs> goes from the Gulf Coast all the way to the Pacific Northwest. But we are about 40 miles east of Amarillo, or south and east of Amarillo, uh, between the little towns of Clarendon, Texas, and Claude, Texas. I can tell we're both going to need a fresh cup of coffee to finish this conversation with Cecil. Let's visit the coffee pot real quick. Hi, this is Lauren Yelan from Field and Stream. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. 
Introducing Canyon Valley Provisions. Grass-fed beef is high in omega-3s and conjugated linoleic acid, which is known as CLAs. In layman terms, it's a type of fat that your body can use, and it doesn't damage your heart or any part of your vascular system. Buy better beef for your family. We manage holistically, or some people call it regeneratively. We want everything that we do to be a part of our good stewardship of the land. We think that's what God's put us here to do, so... The cattle are healthy and the land's healthy. We want both. We don't want one or the other. If you were to buy a grass-fed, grass-finished steak by the pound, you'd pay anywhere from 18 to $30 a pound. But if you buy a quarter, half, or whole, you're ranging from anywhere $7.80 and below. So you're paying a third of the price for that steak and, you know, those good cuts. And you get a whole lot more bang for your buck when you buy in bulk. Don't let 2020 happen in your home again. CanyonValleyProvisions.com Raising cattle in West Texas for five generations. Hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall. The Dead Rabbit Lodge. (laughs) You see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Therefore, the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Oahe. The view from your giant western Canada red cedar lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, guest-only dining featuring the Rabbit's award-winning chef. Oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. Don't head to the country without stopping at Teske's Outdoors in Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we are on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Bagara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader. Deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of I-20, just west of Weatherford. National outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby knows of what he writes. I think I probably hunted just about every western state. Uh, yeah, and I fly fished in a lot of those places. He's fished the waters, walked the land, and harvested the game that makes him authentic. That's where the basis of that comes from. I wanted to make this really authentic, and I wanted people to identify with it. Guys like you and I have a real hard time finding good stuff to read because it's written by guys that just don't know what the heck they're writing about. And guys like you and I, we read two pages and we say, hey, that's phony. This is this is not the way it is. Ever since The Old Man in the Sea, fishing novels have been scarce on the horizon. That was until national outdoor writer Ken Kirkaby wrote his blue water classic, The Tournament. Chuck Winchler of Sporting Classics says you can read The Tournament in about the time it takes to catch a big marlin. And every moment will be just as fun, just as exciting. Jennifer Mayhall of Paradise This Week says, The Tournament reels you into the world of sport fishing and doesn't let you go. 
The Tournament by Ken Kirkaby. Get it on Amazon. believe that a creek full of fish and woods loaded with wildlife are good for our kids. And the kids tend to agree. At Kinder Outdoors, we work hard to preserve both every day. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. You can go for a day hunt. You can go for a four-day vacation. You can buy a membership and join and be a part of the ranch. Lots of different options. Perfect corporate retreat. Great place to get married. And the Axis deer hunting is off the charts. Check out Joshua Creek Ranch when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com. Let's get back to the Herdware Store. Good night, Texas, just about 40 miles southeast of Amarillo on Highway 287. And our visit with Cecil Miskin. And people hear me talk all the time about the, the, the buffalo fiber gloves, uh, the buffalo wool, uh, the socks, uh, the, the stuff that I wear to keep warm out in the boat or in the field, you sell that here. You have the complete line, but so much more, too. Correct, yeah. We've, we, we have our bison fiber products uh, under both our brand, which is the Herdware brand, and, of course, my son Ron, who you're well acquainted with, Ron's brand, Ron and Teresa's, the Buffalo Woke Up near BWC brand. Um, but, yeah, there's, we've got our socks and gloves and hats and felted hats. But we've got art, we've got art, bison artifacts, Western history artifacts, uh, shoes from Trask and some other folks out of bison leather. Um, we've got bison meat. There, there's just, and again, you never really know. It's, it's going to change every time you come in. Yeah, and uh, the artwork is, is one of a kind stuff, just phenomenal. Uh, you're going to love it. Uh, I actually bought a pair of boots here uh, last trip through, I believe it was that are uh, made of uh, buffalo leather, and they're so soft and so tough, I'll never wear these things out. Of course, I keep myself well-stocked with the buffalo fiber products because they're so doggone warm. How can I still hunt sitting dead still all day in 18 degrees and my hands and feet never get cold? How's this stuff work? It's, it's actually the same fiber that grows naturally to keep the animals alive in extreme conditions. And the interesting part, Billy, is that it, it works both ways. It works both to keep the cold out, but insulation works to keep the heat out as well. The stuff works. It's just phenomenal, and I've tried it all over the U.S. in very cold and snowy and wet climates. It also uh, does a really good job of uh, keeping you uh, dry. I would think they look absorbent. They're not. They actually will shed the moisture. Right. They, they, that, that's another interesting part. Um, if you look at bison in the wild in the wintertime, uh, you'll never see them steaming like you will cattle. The, it allows enough heat to escape, but it doesn't allow so much to escape that it will melt or continually allow that, that well, basically the melting of the outside. So you, you do keep warm. You do keep comfortable. The, the moisture wicking, that's one of the things. One of the first major groups that we worked with were winter fishermen, were Pacific stream fishermen working steelhead and salmon. And with the gloves, the fingerless gloves, or the full finger, but mainly the fingerless gloves because you want that dexterity, you can stick your hand in the river, grab your fish or whatever you need to do, and when you're done, the gloves are soaked. 
But if you'll shake them, shake them a few times, most of that water wicks off. Now the gloves are not dry, but enough of the water has shed that the insulation, the air pockets that are inside there that are created by these little bison fibers, the air pockets come back. And so the insulating factors start again. And it's mainly because the fiber structure is so different from wool. Wools have got little barbs that stick out, and that's also the prickle you'll feel in wools, in most of your wools. Superwash, we can talk about later if you want, but the, 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 the bison fiber has a little scale on it. So it doesn't, it doesn't hold, the, the coefficient of friction actually is so much less that the water can escape. That's one, and the second thing is the bison fiber that we work with is what we call down. It's the insulating undercoat, and it is a solid protein fiber. It's not a hair. Hairs are hollow. Hairs can crack, and as they crack, it allows moisture to get in that hollow part so mm -hmm. that you can't get it dry. But the bison being solid and crimpy and springy, the moisture's gone. And as your hands start to warm up, again, more of that heat will stay in. You're back to functioning. You may yeah. not be as, as comfortable as you would be if you were inside, but what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to fish, hunt, move, whatever yep. it is you need to do. Yeah, you made a good point. We were, we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, the hunt of a lifetime or the fishing trip of a lifetime. A lot of times you've spent a lot of money on that, and you've saved a long time to make that trip possible. Why blow it with a pair of $19 gloves that won't do anything? Equip yourself for the situation. Follow through with every detail and enjoy yourself. And, and again, as you say, that's, that's so true. You've spent whatever you've spent on your gun or your rod and your trip and your travel. Yeah, these gloves are not cheap. We know that. We, we, and anyone that really wants to find out why, we encourage them to come up to the packing plants in the wintertime when our crews are in there shearing and see what happens. One adult bison, when we shear the hide and get the fiber we need, when it's all done, when it's washed and separated, we're lucky to get three quarters of a pound per adult bison. Yeah. So you don't get a lot of fiber per animal, and you need a lot of fiber to be able to commercially process. But again, it's a, as we said, it's a, it's the Lord's doing, and yeah. we're just we're just taking advantage of what's left over when the bison are on to meat. Yep, there you go, absolutely, and it's renewable. Uh, it's a renewable resource, you know. Well, it's it's it, in the sense that yeah, it's it continues to grow, um, but if we don't do this, then it's going to usually be chemically burned off in the leather making process and wasted. Yeah. Or it's going to be sent to the landfill. Right. So so while it may not be renewable animal to animal. We're making use of as much of, of the animal as we can, and the yep. results are spectacular. Yes, absolutely they are. I can vouch for that. That's true. And listen, if you want a buffalo gun, if you want buffalo art, if you want buffalo books, if you want uh, bison anything, you've got to stop at the most unique spot between the Gulf of Mexico and the Pacific Ocean. I like it. That's I know you gave, you told me that. But I think you're right. This is my spot, and it's the perfect time to stop. If you're traveling from Dallas-Fort Worth uh, and headed for New Mexico, Raton, whatever, it's time to get out and stretch your legs. This is the place to do it. And, and we appreciate that. We, uh, we keep a drink box full of cold water, no charge, uh, mainly because in the Texas Panhandle, like most places, you don't want to dehydrate. Um, we love to just meet folks, talk to them, and let them. And, and you can come browse. I mean, we're, we're not... 
Yeah, we're a shop. Our business still uh, revolves a large degree on the wholesale side, but we just love to have people come and enjoy themselves and get educated and, and have the discussions and learn what what the bison industry today is because of pioneers like Goodnight that didn't let that resource completely disappear and, and what the ranchers have done to bring the animal back by using the animal. If you make something a commodity and you make something usable and there's a market for it, then there's value and that's what's happened. We're now at roughly, we're, we're over half a million bison up from when uh, Goodnight and a few others saved the remnants down there at less than a thousand. Yeah. So yeah, pretty amazing. Come celebrate that at the Herdware Store on Highway 287, 40 miles or so southeast of uh, Amarillo, and uh, just I guess a mile or two outside of Goodnight, Texas, which you probably can't even find anymore, right? It's it is officially a ghost town. <laughs> but we we had we had some folks up here from the Texas Historical. Commission and they the story was well how many people are here? And he said well let me think well it's about twenty six. He said twenty six hundred. We said no twenty six. Twenty six. <laughs> Cecil, good to see you. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. There's no place on planet Earth with more things bison than the Herdware Store. And Cecil, he's a one of a kind too. You've got to make the stop. Rocky wrote a review at Orvis.com that says, Hey, I've hunted Joshua Creek Ranch for over eight years. And every hunt is spectacular. A five-star resort and world-class facility. Rocky gets around. He knows. And you need to experience this ranch, too. Joshua Creek Ranch in the Texas Hill Country. Learn more at kinderoutdoors.com. Let's stretch our legs. Outdoorsmen and women, hunters, shooters, and fishers are the reason that wild creatures roam bountifully in wild places. This is where we come together to talk about it. Kinder Outdoors. Welcome back to our campfire here at Kinder Outdoors. Need that campfire now, don't we? <laughs> it's cool in the mornings. Hey, in honor of both active and retired military, Daily entrance fees at our Texas state parks will be waived for day-use visitors coming up next Sunday, November 14th, in honor of all of our military folks with their dedication, sacrifice, and service. Uh, we owe a debt of gratitude, and we realize that as a state of Texas, and it's one little gesture. Go enjoy our state parks absolutely free next weekend. Active and retired military next Sunday, November 14th. Purina Pro Plan, that's what your dog needs. I can say that even without knowing your dog because I know how great this fuel is. And there's a formula built for every age and every lifestyle, scientifically built to benefit your dog's health. Oh, and it tastes great, too. They'll lap it up. <laughs> Purina Pro Plan is at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. Hey, the state of Missouri just wrapped up their first ever black bear season. The Missouri Department of Conservation reports that Missouri hunters harvested 12 black bears during this inaugural season that ran October 18th through the 27th. And they say that that's a huge success. 
More than 6,330 hunters applied for the 400 permits, with the maximum total harvest for the season being 40 bears. In other words, after the first 40 had been harvested, they were going to close the season. That was the conservation number to hit. Only 12 were harvested, though. The Missouri Department of Conservation state fur bearer and black bear biologist Laura Conley said that this was an incredibly successful first bear hunting season for Missouri. They have a highly regulated season. Bears in the state are widely distributed throughout some pretty rugged wilderness. And most hunters had never hunted bears before. Bear hunting is an extremely challenging endeavor, especially under that framework that I just laid out there. It's conservation at work. Hunting is a conservation and management tool. Congratulations, Missouri. Hats off. Well done. Move it up to Michigan, where elk hunt period one has concluded. 73 state hunters harvested 29 bull elk, 40 cows, and 4 calves. And all three pure Michigan hunt winners, big contest winners, harvested bulls. Mild weather throughout the season which began in late August and spanned 12 days throughout September and into early October. There were 100 elk hunting licenses available for hunt period one, one of two elk hunting seasons in Michigan. Hunt period two will open in December to 160 more hunters. November is one of my very favorite times to break out the fly rod. Great things happen in the fall with a fly rod in your hand, tailing redfish in the saltwater flats, fishing big streamers for big brown trout in the white Norfolk rivers and other great trout waters across the country. Alex McCrickard is the Department of Wildlife Aquatic Education Coordinator in the state of Virginia. He put together a nice how-to video, fishing for fall brown trout. We've got the link at kinderoutdoors.com. Not only does he cover tactics and techniques for everybody, but for folks that are close to Virginia, he points out some of the top brown trout waters across the state. KinderOutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. Hey, Iowa, take a new hunter with you. You'll help them ignite a passion that lasts a lifetime, keep great traditions alive, and... You'll both be entered to win a matching pair of prize packages that includes cool stuff from folks like Butler Creek, Onyx, Camp Chef, Bushnell, Badlands, and more. All entries must be received by January 15. More info and how-to at kinderoutdoors.com. Hey, go check out this picture at kinderoutdoors.com. Wildlife biologists with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources have confirmed a trail camera image of a mountain lion. That's becoming more and more common over the past few years in Michigan. Dickinson County is where the photo came from, about 50 miles from where a July 20th video was captured in Baraga County. This year continues a three-year trend of the highest number of cougars reported in Michigan confirmed over the past 14 years. One of our coolest animals here in North America. Well, you drove many hundreds of miles to get to that upland hunt today. Your faithful hunting companion in the dog box, the trailer, or the back seat. And he is just as excited as you to hit the ground. He's going to work hard all day and can't wait to do it again tomorrow. So tonight, 
Feed your hard-working bird dog ProPlan Performance Formula. In the purple sport bag, absolutely the best fuel you can give your hard-working dog. ProPlan Performance at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. It happens to all of us that big giant buck steps out. We drop him, and when we walk up to him, there's been some ground shrinkage. Those antlers aren't as big as they were when they first stepped out. (laughs) In reality, there can be a little actual shrinkage of those antlers from the time you harvest your deer to the time you get your trophy back from the taxidermist. I want to talk to my taxidermist, Roy Holdridge, with True Life Taxidermy about that when we come back from the coffee pot. And Major League Fishing Pro Kelly Jordan is going to talk to us about how to scout that new body of water for success. Hi, I'm Richard Cheatham, Executive Director of the DSC Foundation. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Winter at the lake is a wonderful thing. The still, quiet solace of the woods and water at Grapevine Lake offer the perfect opportunity to slow the season down a bit. Tucked away behind a secure gated entry and snuggled on the still shore of Grapevine Lake is the national award-winning Vineyards Campground and Cabins. Full hookups, lightning-fast Wi-Fi, and cable TV at every campsite and cabin keep you connected, even when you're getting away. The Vineyard sites and fully furnished cabins are the perfect place to kick off the new year and enjoy the great outdoors. Our unique location makes you feel far away from the hustle and bustle when you're just a few blocks from historic downtown Grapevine, the Christmas capital of Texas, offering shops, restaurants, and all the sights and sounds of the season. Cozy cabins, spacious pull-through sites, and a camp store on site to provide whatever you need. Always keeping your health and safety a priority, come enjoy nature's original way to social distance. Come see us this winter. The Vineyards Campground and Cabins. VineyardsCampground.com You might hunt the south pasture, or maybe the double tanks. You've watched that big 10-point for four years now. Maybe he'll show up. Or maybe it's a doe you'll hang in the cooler tonight. We're almost out of sausage links and taco meat. Maybe a pig will come by today. Among all the maybes, there is an absolute. Take your wild game to Cinnamon Creek Wild Game Processing. The Masakio family and their decades of family recipes will have your guests at a whitetail dinner complimenting you on the beef because we the way we season them and then we we cry back them vacuum seal them and then let them sit and then we put them in the freezer so it, the the spices get to work on the meat for a little bit if you'll cook them just like a regular fillet you know like medium rare or rare it's perfect i mean it's you can't tell the difference cinnamon creek wild game processing cinnamoncreekranch.com You know, as bird hunters and bird dog owners, we've seen our wild bird hunting opportunities dwindle in recent years. And if you, like me, don't want to kennel your bird dog in the spring just to let him hibernate till fall, then you should take a long look at the world's largest field trial organization, the National Shoot to Retrieve Association, or NASTRA. This was the very idea of NASTRA's founding fathers back in the 1960s. They wanted to extend time in the field with the dogs that they loved. And it must have been a pretty good idea, because over the years, many thousands of men, women, teens, and families have enjoyed participating in NASTRA field trials. 
All pointing breeds are welcome, and there's no need to be intimidated. Nestra sponsors over 1,000 field trials across the U.S. and Canada each year. It's at these trials where your dog can earn his Nastra championship, qualify for entry into your regional championship, and Nastra's five national championships. Take a look at our website, nstra.org, and consider visiting a local trial. We look forward to meeting you. At the Outdoors Tomorrow Foundation, we're really happy to have more than 50,000 kids in school classrooms learning about archery, fishing, boating, and other outdoor skills each year. We're thrilled that we have grown to schools across the United States and continue to grow. We're humbled that teaching wildlife conservation to our future generations have been so eagerly accepted by more than a quarter million kids so far. We're happy, thrilled, and humbled. But we're not stopping. The Outdoor Adventures program in junior highs and high schools across America has proven to be a hit with kids. And in case after case, we've seen Outdoor Adventures' young lives changed. Kids that just were not in the school and not involved are now excited to get into the classroom each day because of Outdoor Adventures. The kids earn classroom credit by learning the outdoor basics, and they smile while learning. If you want Outdoor Adventures in your local school, Contact me, Scott McClure. I'm at GoOTF.com. That's Scott at GoOTF.com. In Genesis chapter 9, God himself told man that if it flies, moves on the earth, or swims in the water, it is meat for us. What a gracious God we have. We celebrate that in this old camp house, Kinder Outdoors. And you know, I'm hoping that that uh, really nice 12 point that maybe he's been nocturnal all year and he's been slipping around and staying in the dense, thick stuff and just hadn't stepped in front of my cameras. Maybe that miracle deer will creep on the ground out in front of me today. I'd like that a lot. Or maybe you. I'd like that for you. This corner of the camp house brought to you by Purina Pro Plan, the world's greatest dog fuel. And yes, if your dog has an itchy coat or is older and has joint issues, there's a Pro Plan for your dog. No matter the situation, there's a Pro Plan built for your dog. You'll find all the Pro Plan formulas at Atwood's Ranch and Home Stores. My taxidermist, Roy Holdridge, at True Life Taxidermy in Granbury, Texas, he has been my go-to guy, my taxidermist, for decades now, more than a quarter of a century. He and I had a conversation recently about how those antlers shrink a little bit over time, and he had a pretty good tip that you'll want to take note of. Roy, I want to talk about antler shrinkage and horn shrinkage uh, today. Um, I've had some ground shrinkage in my life, you know, where I shot that big old deer from the blind, and when I walked up to him, he was laying on the ground. He wasn't quite as big. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, yes. Yeah, it happens to everybody. I think that's happened to anybody who hunts. That's happened. Um, your white-tailed deer, your mule deer, your elk, uh, your axis deer, all antlered animals. What are some examples of horned animals that we would hunt? Well, we, you know, as far as horned animals is is antelope, um, you know, sheep of any kind. There, I mean, the we all call the deer horns, but they're not. They're really antlers, and the ones basically, the ones that shed their horns, antlers, every year. That's an antler. You know, yeah. it's not really a horn. We can right. call them whatever we want to, but that's an antler. The ones that just keep them all the time there and just keep growing. So all of the African antelope and 
you know, in our pronghorn antelope or, you know, the, um, uh, any of the sheep, all of that is, is horned animals, and they don't ever shed. They just continue to keep growing. Right. Okay. Now, those antlered animals, uh, we don't have to worry about shrinkage maybe as much as uh, we would with a horned animal. Am I right? Yes, that's right. The, the, the horned animals really, I mean, they are going to shrink a little bit, not very much. The only thing that really uh, that I see uh, is is the spread on them. Sometimes if they're just sitting there and they go to dry and they'll pull in a little bit, and it may have had a 20-inch spread when you killed them, and then all of a sudden, well, wait a minute, that's only 19 and a half, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, one thing that you can do, if it's a 20-inch spread, just cut a uh, one by two 20 inches long and, Put it in between the horns there and antlers. See, I even call them horns. But anyway, put put them in there, and then and, and when they're done drying, they won't. They can't pull. That's a great tip. I've never thought of that before because uh, I'm sure you've probably had guys before come in. Oh, they shot that deer with a 20-inch spread, and then they come in to pick him up. Well, he's dried uh, through that drying period. Is what we're talking about a little bit of shrinkage in there, and now he's only 19 inches inside or 18 and a half. And they're saying, Roy, this is not the deer I brought you. Yeah, usually they won't shrink that much. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not, but I mean, they will pull just a little bit. You know, I mean, they will, but they, they normally they wouldn't shrink an inch like yeah. that but 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 cut cut yourself a, a piece of uh, two two before whatever and uh, the, the same interior width of those uh, antlers stick it in there and then let those horns dry like you were telling us and, and you can avoid that I've never thought of that before um, let's talk about uh, those those antlers that we bring in uh, in velvet some guys love to shoot an animal in velvet I'm a hard horn guy I like good slick hard horns uh, on my deer uh, but some guys prefer and they actually chase uh, deer in velvet uh, or axis deer whatever in velvet you can expect a lot more shrinkage there right definitely definitely now if you get I mean that when we're talking about the you know the horns in velvet there it depends on what stage they're in but I mean they just got all the blood in them and you know they're soft and so and so if you was just take them off they would actually rot because of all of that in there wow. so you need to preserve it one way or another if they're hard all the way to the tip and they're just about ready to to, to rub out then you know we can we can tan them here we we mix up a tannin solution just like we would with the with the skins hmm. and soak them but if they're really earlier on and they're really soft soft the um, you know the, the absolute best way is to freeze dry them it just costs a good bit of money to do that and takes a little bit of time now if they're kind of in between sometimes you know we can inject them with uh, and, and try and force all of the all of the blood out of them and and then get them dried out but but they will they definitely will shrink more than a hardened antler would yeah so just expect that if you're chasing that uh, that dream uh, that you want hanging on the wall in velvet you can expect a lot more uh, shrinkage depending upon the stage as Roy was saying uh, of that velvet um, freeze dry what is that process is that something that someone can do on their own do they need to bring that animal to you uh, no, it's something that you have to have a very expensive machine to do. Um, and so if, if, if they're full of the fluid and whatnot, then, then they actually inject it and, and uh, where it stays up nice and full. And when they put it in that machine, it gets it so, so cold, way, way colder than a freezer would. And it, it, it actually, the best way I could describe it is like if you was to 
put some meat in a freezer and not wrap it up and just leave it and come back next year had just be all dried. And yeah. it, I mean, only it just does it real, real fast. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, how long have you been doing this now? Um, I've been doing nothing but this full time for, for over uh, it's 30, 30 plus years. And how many... Do you have any idea how many countries around the world, people all over the world, different countries have used your taxidermy business in Little Granbury, Texas? Uh, a lot. I wouldn't have any idea of that a lot. <laughs> Not a clue, and there's a reason they send them to you from all over the world. I hope to bring you a big one this fall, Roy. I hope you do, too. You've been doing pretty good. Hey, learn more about True Life Taxidermy and Roy Holdridge. He'll be happy to answer any of your questions if you need to give him a call. You know, it's also a great time to get out on the water and catch a big green bass. Temperatures are mild. The water's cooling down. The fish are feeding up for winter. How about that new body of water that's been on your bucket list? How do you prepare for that? No better way to get prepared for that than to talk to a guy who makes his living catching big green bass many times from unfamiliar water. KJ, Kelly Jordan, Major League Fishing Star. Kelly, I know you've got an in-depth plan when it when it's time to scout a lake. Uh, absolutely. There's a lot of things that you need to know beforehand that's doing your homework to, to where you can increase uh, your odds of being successful in a tournament or, or you know, even not even a tournament, just fishing in general. Uh, but for tournament situations, the knowledge that is critical is, number one, you need to know the history of the lake, meaning what has won tournaments at that time of the year in the past years gone by, What's been winning the tournaments the weekend before two or three of the tournament that you're planning on fishing on a lake? Gives you a ballpark of what you need to be looking for to be competitive. You know, if someone went to Falcon Lake and caught 20 pounds and it's the biggest string they've ever caught in their life, in practice they might think, hey, man, I'm doing great. I'm catching 20 pounds. And they show up at the scale and they finish dead last. Everybody else caught 27 to 45 pounds. That's what you need to know <laughs> so you can not fall into that trap and think you're doing great and you're actually not doing anything at all. So it pays to, to know that. You need to know what kind of fish you need to be looking for. You also need to know the conditions. You know, watch the weather, of course. Uh, have a game plan for changing weather. If that happens, changing water levels. And then you get into your scouting. Uh, with, with patterns, if you can find what the patterns are that have won a lot of these tournaments, not only the, right before your tournament, but in previous years, you know, say for the last five or six years, that helps you with your understanding of how a certain lake fishes. And probably if you have records that go back even 10 years, you can probably see what happened with a lot of different conditions and be ahead of the game. There's so many variables. Uh, what you're trying to do to be more successful in tournament fishing is reduce as many variables as you can and have a couple game plans. Because you all know, once you get that tournament day, you're going to have all kind of more variables thrown at you during the day. So the more you can reduce beforehand in your planning and contingency plans, the better you'll be prepared to do well in tournament. It's Hank Parker. And when I'm not in the great outdoors, I'm thinking about it with Kinder Outdoors. Hurry up and get in the boat, Billy. I'm going to beat your pants off. <laughs> is coming to town, but when he's back home, he likes to crappie fish. I'm Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall, and I've got great gift ideas for the crappie angler on your list this year. Let's start with a new rod like my speed shooter rods under 50 bucks. Pair that up with a Wally Marshall speed shooter reel, and you're going to make someone dang happy on Christmas morning. For the crappie angler that already has everything under the sun, 
I guarantee it, they will welcome the new Wally Marshall Pro Target rods in their boat. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's all Santa Claus uses. <laughs> I partnered with Luz, one of the finest rod bakers in history, to produce the Wally Marshall Classic Series, the most sensitive and hard-working crappie rods ever. Fill that stocking with Mr. Crappie by Strike King Baits, surefire fish catchers for 30 years, all of my proven colors along with fine new ones. Lose.com, StrikeKing.com, and MrCroppy.com. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> hey, I want to let you know about something that's brand new and coming to South Dakota this fall. The Dead Rabbit Lodge. <laughs> you see, the owner received his higher learning from the University of South Dakota, the Coyotes. The dreaded enemy of the University of South Dakota Coyotes is the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. Therefore, the name, the Dead Rabbit. The Dead Rabbit Lodge sits on the eastern bluffs of Big Blue Lake Oahe. The view from your giant western Canada red cedar lodging stretches from the dam to the south almost all the way up to North Dakota. The Big Lodge is finest splendor from top to bottom, perfect for big family or corporate groups. But the Dead Rabbit will also feature separate hotel-style rooms, a great game room and bar for entertaining, Guest-only dining featuring the rabbit's award-winning chef. Oh, and about 40,000 acres of the finest pheasant hunting in the world. You won't forget the dead rabbit. Some of the most outstanding memories in Brendan's young life have been the hunting trips that he takes with Dad. Duck, doves, quail. But the good times aren't just reserved for the dove field or the deer blind. They all start in the cab of that classic Chevrolet when you pull out of the drive. Um, the corner store gets snack, and they either stop at Bucky's. Because it's Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun hiding from the cold with Dad in a duck blind, and the ice doesn't seem that bad out in that old flat-bottom boat for a little while. A decoy, he starts it up, and sometimes the decoys make noises, I think. Or if, it does, if that doesn't work, he just uses his call. And then they just... Come, but sometimes we come back with nothing. But home away from home is that classic Chevrolet. I love sleeping in the car and then waking up still in the car as well. I can just feel the comfort knowing that will be fun. At Classic Chevrolet, we sell memory makers. Come get yours. ClassicChevrolet.com Don't head to the country without stopping at Teskey's Outdoors and Weatherford. I'm Randy Jackson reminding you that we're on the way to the ranch just west of Weatherford on the south side of Interstate 20. We have rifles, pistols, shotguns, all from dependable names like Smith & Wesson, Browning, Beretta, Christensen, Bagara, Six Hour, Winchester, and many more. Be sure to ask about our used gun selection, too. Teskey's Outdoors can deck you out for the field and the boat with outdoor wear from Patagonia, Cool, Sims, Howler Brothers, Ariat, Free Fly, Sitka, North Face, and many others. We are a one-stop shop on your way to the Rancher Lease with ammo for ducks, dove, quail, deer, varmints, and even tin cans. Heck, you can buy your hunting and fishing license at Teskey's Outdoors in Weatherford. Bring the trader, deer blinds, feed, and feeders available, too. We have what you need and what you forgot to pack when you left the house. Teskey's Outdoors on the south side of Bay 20, just west of Weatherford. Every animal that has ever roamed this planet was designed as hunted or hunter, predator or prey. We are hunters. If it were ever necessary, even the strictest vegan would return to the wild. 
driven to survive by the instincts of his ancestors. Those who hide behind the soft delusion of their own ignorance do so from within a civilization whose very being costs the lives of countless creatures every single day. Death is an undeniable fuel of life. This is the undeniable truth of existence. To live in balance with the planet that sustains us, we must admit and embrace the nature within us. Trust the hunter in your blood. Outdoorsmen and women, hunters, shooters, and fishers are the reason that wild creatures roam bountifully in wild places. This is where we come together to talk about it. Kinder Outdoors. I read a review of Joshua Creek Ranch from a fellow named Jim. I don't know Jim, but we think a lot alike. He says, from the moment we arrived at Joshua Creek Ranch, the entire experience exceeded our expectations. Friendly staff, beautiful scenery, five-star lodging, all this before we even got to explore the top-notch hunting, knowledgeable guides, well-trained dogs, and beautiful birds galore. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, Jim. Take a closer look at Joshua Creek Ranch when you visit me at kinderoutdoors.com, K-I-N-D-E-R. There are monumental days in our lives. The biggest for me is when I accepted Christ as my Savior. Big days, marker days, like the day you got married, the day your children were born. The day your dad gave you that first gun. For me, it was White's Auto in Mineral Wells, Texas. I was 10 years old. Uh, he was a fisherman, not a hunter. And so when we walked in the, the store there and the man behind the counter laid out an old Stevens Single-shot, 12-gauge shotgun, two boxes of shells and a vest, and my dad turned and handed them to me? I absolutely could not believe it. <laughs> what a day. My buddy Pete Delkis is here, old hunting buddy. How about you, Pete? It's always a very memorable occasion. Your first gun? Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, my first gun would have been going to Western Auto in Collinsville, Illinois, and on, on my birthday and, and picking out my Daisy Red Rider. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's for most of us, that was our first gun. Uh, but my first, you know, real gun that I could do something other than, you know, uh, break the skin on my brother was, uh, uh, it was a Marlin 22. Because uh, I, I remember um, being from southern Illinois, you know, back before, you know, there were deer all over the place and turkeys all over the place. You know, I grew up, you know, when we weren't bird hunting. Uh, whether it was upland or waterfowl, we, we were hunting rabbits and squirrels. And squirrel season always came in before rabbit season, and we would always go out and, you know, we hunted with 22s, and I would go sit with Dad. And, I, I mean, I was just so excited that day that, you know, I had gotten to the point. I had graduated from the Daisy Red Rider, and I went to the Marlin 22. And, uh, you know, I sure missed a lot of squirrels. It was just a single shot, but, but, I, but I learned how to shoot with that, with that little Marlin. And I actually have that Marlin. And uh, when Peter and Emily graduated from their Daisy Red Riders that I still have, um, they, they're, they're still shooting my Marlin today. I'll be darned. And, and I think that's such a great idea to start a youngster out 
with a single shot, shooting at cans or whatever, uh, plunking away, because when you only have one shot in the gun and then you have to reload, it's going to make your focus come on in pretty quick. Yeah, you really have to make that one shot count, and, and uh, I think that's good that the kids kids learn that way. I mean, just because, you know, that's what we did doesn't mean that it was right, but, you know, as simple-minded as I am, that's all that I know. Uh, but also from the safety standpoint, I, I think that's important. Now, I haven't applied that same logic to... Uh, uh, Peter's first and Emily's first shotgun. I bought them a youth model Charles Daly, which is a, is a semi-auto, but, but but I just put one shell in. So I still approach it the same way. It's just it's just a different gun, just because I couldn't find a single shot shotgun. And quite honestly, I wanted them to you know once they figured out the single shot, I thought well then it's then I don't have to go buy something else. Yeah. We can just kind of stretch it out a little bit more. Right. So you had that old Marlin 22 back in the pioneer days of America when when Pete, when Pete Delkis was a child. Uh, your graduation on to uh, other guns through your life, uh, can you remember anymore? I do. I remember my, my next one was a, a Mossberg 20-gauge pump, and it was a gun that my dad had that, that he passed down to me because he wanted to get a new shotgun, so I inherited the Mossberg 20-gauge pump. That always makes it easier with mom for dad to go get a new shotgun, but I'm handing down my old one to Pete. Well, and that's exactly what it was, so I got, I got that Mossberg 20-gauge pump, and I, I shot all kinds of stuff with that for a long time. And then uh, the first gun that, that I bought for myself was, uh, you know, when Benelli came out with a Super Bowl. I hunted with that 20-gauge for a long time, uh, that, that Mossberg. But uh, the first one that I bought for myself, I saved up and bought a, a Benelli, uh, the Super Black Eagle, when they had that first version out. And I remember telling Jackie that that was a... Uh, I only need one shotgun. I have a safe full now. But I told her, I only need, if I can just buy, honey, if I just spend this, you know, $800 on this, this Benelli, uh, it's, it'll shoot two and three quarter inch, three inch, and three and a half. She had no idea what I was talking about. But I convinced her into that, you know, and about 18 shotguns later, you know. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't remember that conversation now, does she? Did she ever bring that up? She doesn't bring it up. She's, uh, you know, 20 years of marriage to me. She's beyond that. <laughs> My buddy Pete Delkus. Hey, we've got to get down to Joshua Creek Ranch together. You would absolutely love it. What? But once I put you in front of that chicken fried axis that the chef prepares, you'd be trying to move in down there. I know you well. It's five star everything, guys. And they're now offering memberships. You don't have to be a member to hunt at Joshua Creek Ranch, but they are. Offering memberships for families or corporate, individual, whatever. Makes life easier on a regular visitor to Joshua Creek Ranch. Check it out, Joshua Creek Ranch at kinderoutdoors.com. In case you missed it, an hour ago we were on Highway 287, not far from Amarillo, Texas, at one of my favorite stops along the road, the Herdware Store. Herd, H-E-R-D-W-E-A-R. Having a conversation with the proprietor there, Cecil Miskin. Cecil Miskin, what a pleasure to sit and visit with you. Likewise, Mr. Kinder. I tell you what, for uh, for me to have the pleasure of visiting with you at your hardware store, that means I'm in Goodnight, Texas, which is a wonderful place. I love this part of the country. Well, actually, Billy, to, to be to be truthful with you, you're in suburban Goodnight. Okay. The, the town of Goodnight was actually just north of the railroad tracks. So although we're right across from where the Goodnight Ranch House still stands and where it's been renovated, theoretically, we are in the suburbs of Goodnight. <laughs> and when you say Goodnight, you're referring to Charles Goodnight. That is correct. For folks that have no clue who we're talking about, give us a brief biography. Charles Goodnight is often referred to as the father of the Texas Panhandle. He was an early cattleman 
Uh, he did trail drives from the Mexican border on up to Abilene, Kansas, Denver, driving, driving longhorns and driving range cattle. He would uh, later go on to move cattle from to and from Fort Worth and the stockyards there. But he fell in love with this part of the country because of the Paladero Canyon, which is just half a mile behind us here where we are. Um, and uh, because the canyon had shelter from the elements, it had water at that time, very little now, but quite a bit back then. And with the water, you had grass. And what else could a cattleman need but shelter, grass, and water? Yeah, had it all, and he lived out his days here. He in in the Panhandle, yes. Um, uh, the 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 claim that there the one of one other of Goodnight's older age passions became bison. Uh, as the story is told, uh, he and his hands would kill mama buffalo as they were through because. They were eating the grass he wanted for his cattle, so they'd shoot the cows. They'd leave the calves to starve. Well, the, the canyon, the, the Paladero Canyon behind us, is a huge echo chamber. And so at night, his wife, Marianne Goodnight, or Molly as she was called, would hear these calves bawling for their dead mothers. And she finally said, Charles, stop that. Go bring the calves up here. Let me raise them up. And there's uh, Beryl Goodnight, who's a distant relative, but a phenomenal artist out in Mancos, Colorado. Uh, Verrill has done several sculptures, one of which is Mrs. Goodnight, Bottle Feeding the Calves. Mm -hmm. uh, phenomenal stuff. So anyway, he got involved with bison, and the Goodnights are credited with saving what are known as the southern herd, the animals that were south of the Transcontinental Railway. The Goodnights are credited with saving the last of the southern herd bison, and the remnants of those bison are now property of the state of Texas down in Paladero Canyon State Park, about 70 miles from here. How about that? A lot of history. Absolutely. Uh, and, and when you stop to visit with, uh, with Cecil, you can uh, tap into that, that history so much more uh, than we're going to have time to, to visit about today. Uh, tell folks exactly where you are. Good night, Texas is where? We are, well, we are right on U.S. Highway 287, which has been described as the largest human game trail in the United States. <laughs> goes from the Gulf Coast all the way to the Pacific Northwest. But we are about 40 miles east of Amarillo, or south and east of Amarillo, because the road runs at a northeast-southwest diagonal, uh, between the little towns of Clarendon, Texas, and Claude, Texas. We're back with Cecil Miskin from the Herdware Store after we grab a cup of coffee. I'm Corey Mason, CEO of Dallas Safari Club, inviting you back to the greatest wildlife gathering on Earth. The DSC Convention and Expo will be January 6th through the 9th at the K. Bailey Hutchison Convention Center in Dallas. Vendors from the world over with opportunities, guns, jewelry, art, gear, clothing, and so much more. Live and silent auctions with online bidding. Bid directly from the show floor or from the deer blind. All the information is at biggame.org for the 40th DSC Convention and Sporting Expo. I'm going to lay this out to you as simply as I possibly can because it really is simple. Buy your cold weather wear from Ron and Teresa Miskin at the Buffalo Wool Company and stay warm. Gloves, socks, hats, beanies. I love my neck gaiter. All made from the insulating fibers of the American bison. The same fiber or buffalo wool that protects the buffalo against a frigid winter in Montana, Wyoming, or the Dakotas. Buffalo wool is warmer than traditional wool, and it's luxuriously soft on your skin, not scratchy or abrasive. 
it wicks moisture away and is unbelievably tough, lasting year after year. And they back up what they sell with a 100% money-back guarantee if you're not happy. Take a look. TheBuffaloWoolCo.com TheBuffaloWoolCo.com It's simple. Hey, I'm Billy Kinder. If you offer goods or services to the outdoorsman or woman, Kinder Outdoors is the perfect place to spread the word. At Kinder Outdoors, we reach tens of thousands of hunters, anglers, and outdoors folks each week that would appreciate hearing about you. For more information, visit KinderOutdoors.com and click the Advertise button. Then, view our media kit. Outdoor gear and skills are in high demand right now. Let us hear from you. If you fry your turkeys during the holiday season and you're tired of the hassle of pots, open flames under hot oil, and sticky, oily messes, then it's time to take a good look at the Cajun Fryer by R&V Works. The original, the last fryer that you'll ever need to purchase. Cajun Fryer puts pro-level frying gear in your backyard or hunt and fish camp. These are high-performance, low-maintenance deep fryers that feature the heat source in the oil. Your oil heats from the inside out. If your family loves a fish fry, Cajun Fryer is a must. Because the heat source is suspended in the oil, small crumbs and pieces that burn fall to the bottom. So your oil stays much cleaner, many times lasting the entire year. Often imitated, never duplicated. Don't be fooled. Take a look at the original Cajun Fryer at CajunFryer.com. Fresh, crisp, delicious every time. CajunFryer.com. There's a place I love to go in the pristine Texas Hill Country that features first-class lodging, outstanding cuisine, world-class wing shooting, the best free-range access deer hunting in the world, my favorite, by the way, plus native whitetails and turkey, and some of the most comfortable hosts that you've ever enjoyed. Don't forget to throw in the fly rod. You'll want to experience the crystal-clear waters of Joshua Creek and the Guadalupe River. Rolling hills and Texas live oaks, friendly smiles, and spring-fed waters. Orvis and Beretta agree that Joshua Creek is one of the finest hunting and shooting ranches in existence. And I think you will, too. You won't find a prettier place to get married. And our staff and facilities will make your corporate event, family reunion, or private party turnkey and the best you'll ever experience. Joshua Creek Ranch in the historic Texas Hill Country between San Antonio and Fredericksburg. Want to go? Of course you do. JoshuaCreek.com We believe that a creek full of fish and woods loaded with wildlife are good for our kids. And the kids tend to agree. At Kinder Outdoors, we work hard to preserve both every day and if you think that's important if you realize and recognize that the outdoors is important to the future of your children your grandchildren look into a membership at joshua creek ranch the perfect place to introduce your kids to god's great outdoors get a membership make it a regular visit for your family joshua creek ranch in the texas hill country not far from san antonio kinderoutdoors.com for more details Hey, let's get back to our conversation with Cecil Miskin at the Herdware Store. Everything Bison at the Herdware Store on Highway 287 
not far from Amarillo. And people like to stop. I know I do. I, I love to stop at unique places along the highway. And this is not something that you can find in Denver, in Dallas-Fort Worth, in Chicago. Anywhere you go, you're not going to find a herdware store like this. It's, it's so much fun to stop and see what Cecil has come up with now, what's new. Uh, and, and people hear me talk all the time about the, the, the buffalo fiber gloves, uh, the buffalo wool, uh, the socks, uh, the, the stuff that I wear to keep warm out in the boat or in the field. You sell that here. You have the complete line, but so much more, too. Correct, yeah. We've, we, we have our bison fiber products uh, under both our brand, which is the Herdware brand, and, of course, my son Ron, who you're well acquainted with, Ron's brand, Ron and Teresa's, the Buffalo Woke Up near BWC brand. Um, but, yeah, there's, we've got our socks and gloves and hats and felted hats. But we've got art. We've got art, bison artifacts, Western history artifacts, uh, shoes from Trask and some other folks out of bison leather. Um, we've got bison meat. Uh, I know Billy doesn't pay much attention to that, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that. Bison jerky. There, there's just, and again, you never really know. It's, it's going to change every time you come in. Yeah, and uh, the artwork is, is one-of-a-kind stuff, just phenomenal. Uh, you're going to love it. Uh, I actually bought a pair of boots here uh, uh, last trip through, I believe it was, uh, that are uh, made of uh, buffalo leather, and they're so soft and so tough. I'll never wear these things out. Uh, new soles along the way, yes, but I'll never wear out the, the uppers on those boots. Um, of course, I keep myself well-stocked with the buffalo fiber products because they're so doggone warm. How can I still hunt sitting dead still all day in 18 degrees and my hands and feet never get cold? How's this stuff work? It's, it's actually the same fiber that grows naturally to keep the animals alive in extreme conditions. And the interesting part, Billy, is that it, it works both ways. It works both to keep the cold out, but insulation works to keep the heat out as well. Mm -hmm. We have uh, a fellow you knew that used to be, used to he was president of Dallas Safari, uh, that was on an African uh, forest buffalo, you know, one of the subspecies of the Cape buffalo hunts. And uh, the first couple of days he was miserable. He was, they couldn't hunt, it was too hot, his, his desert boots were burning him. He put on a pair of the bison fiber socks, and guess what? He describes it, it's the, the letters on our website, but he describes it like his feet were air-conditioned in 120 degree burning sands, got his buffalo that day. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, the stuff works. It's just phenomenal, and I've tried it all over the U.S. in very cold and snowy and wet climates. It also uh, does a really good job of uh, keeping you uh, dry. I would think they look absorbent. They're not. They actually will shed the moisture. Right. They, they, that, that's another interesting part. Um, if you look at bison in the wild in the wintertime, uh, you'll never see them steaming like you will cattle. The, it allows enough heat to escape, but it doesn't allow so much to escape that it will melt or continually allow that, that well, basically the melting of the outside. So you, you do keep warm. You do keep comfortable. The, the moisture wicking, that's one of the things. One of the first major groups that we worked with were winter fishermen, were Pacific stream fishermen working steelhead and salmon. And with the gloves, 
the fingerless gloves or the full fingered, but mainly the fingerless gloves because you want that dexterity. You can stick your hand in the river, grab your fish or whatever you need to do, and when you're done, the gloves are soaked. But if you'll shake them, shake them a few times, most of that water wicks off. Now, the gloves are not dry, but enough of the water has shed that the insulation, the air pockets that are inside there that are created by these little bison fibers, the air pockets come back, and so the insulating factors start again. And it's mainly because the fiber structure is so different from wool. Wools have got little barbs that stick out, and that's also the prickle you'll feel in wools, in most of your wools. Superwash, we can talk about later if you want, but the, 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 the bison fiber has a little scale on it. So it doesn't, it doesn't hold, the, the coefficient of friction actually is so much less that the water can escape. That's one, and the second thing is the bison fiber that we work with is what we call downed. It's the insulating undercoat, and it is a solid protein fiber. It's not a hair. Hairs are hollow. Hairs can crack, and as they crack, it allows moisture to get in that hollow part so mm-hmm. that you can't get it dry. But the bison being solid and crimpy and springy, the moisture's gone. And as your hands start to warm up, again, more of that heat will stay in. You're back to functioning. You may yeah. not be as, as comfortable as you would be if you were inside, but what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to fish, hunt, move, whatever yep. it is you need to do. Yeah, you made a good point. We were we were talking about uh, you know uh, the hunt of a lifetime or the fishing trip of a lifetime. A lot of times you've spent a lot of money on that and you've saved a long time to make that trip possible. Why blow it with a pair of nineteen dollar gloves that won't do anything? Equip yourself for the situation. Follow through with every detail and enjoy yourself. And, and again, as you say, that's that's so true. You've spent whatever you spend on your gun or your rod in your trip and your travel, yeah, these gloves are not cheap. We know that. We, we do. And anyone that really wants to find out why, we encourage them to come up to the packing plants in the wintertime when our crews are in there shearing and see what happens. One adult bison, when we shear the hide and get the fiber we need, when it's all done, when it's washed and separated, we're lucky to get three-quarters of a pound per adult bison. Yeah. So you don't get a lot of fiber per animal, and you need a lot of fiber to be able to commercially process. But again, it's a, as we said, it's a, it's the Lord's doing, and yep. we're just we're just taking advantage of what's left over when the bison are on to meat. Yep, there you go, absolutely, and it's renewable. Uh, it's a renewable resource, you know. Well, it's it's it, in the sense that yeah, it's it continues to grow, um, but if we don't do this, then it's going to usually be chemically burned off in the leather making process and wasted. Yeah. Or it's going to be sent to the landfill. Right. So so while it may not be renewable animal to animal, we're making use of as much of, of the animal as we can and the yeah. results are spectacular. Yes, absolutely they are. I can vouch for that. That's true. And listen, if you want a buffalo gun, if you want buffalo art, if you want buffalo books, if you want uh, bison anything, you've got to stop at the most unique spot between the Gulf of Mexico and the Pacific Ocean, I like it. That's I know you gave you told me that, but I think you're right. This is my spot, and it's the perfect time to stop. If you're traveling from Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, and headed for New Mexico, Raton, what, whatever, it's time to get out and stretch your legs. This is the place to do it. We love to just meet folks, talk to them, and let them. And, and you can come browse. I mean, we're we're not 
yeah, we're a shop. Our business still uh, revolves a large degree on the wholesale side, but we just love to have people come and enjoy themselves and get educated and, and have the discussions and learn what what the bison industry today is because of pioneers like Goodnight that didn't let that resource completely disappear and, and what the ranchers have done to bring the animal back by using the animal. I promise you, you'll enjoy the stop. You'll enjoy the conversation with Cecil. Hey, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the time we've had together in this old camp house today. And thank you, too, for hanging out with us. And we'll see you right back here next time around. Till then, may God bless you and your bunch. (laughs) 